0: Light good! Never off! Whoa! Hardly Hard yes. ship! Come on, friends! Life good! Got
1: real close. I hear high, right? Trying to hit two-thirds. Oh,
0: have they no. saved oh. it for her? It. Yes they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside. As always, hello Scott. Hey, Sean. You uh, seem to be laughing a little bit. Oh, you were making fun of me there before we started recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're uh, you a real pro at this, Sean. Well, i got to be really honest. I have, I have a six-year head start on you there, Scotty. Yeah, so. you sure do. You sure
1: do. So, hey, we're here to talk about the uh,
0: European Championships. Uh, yeah, so this is actually going to be our first ever two-part episode. We're recording the first part here on Saturday, right after the European Championships have wrapped up. We're going to record the second part Monday night after the event out in Penticton is done, that Ashley Home Furniture something, Uh, but the big spiel out there, whatever it's called, we're going to recap that once it's done on Monday, but we wanted to record this now because I'm going to forget what (laughs) happened in the next couple days, Uh, so let's just get into it, and we'll, we'll note right off the start here that in this section of the podcast, we will not talk about our bet with our friends from Rocks Across the Pond because... Uh, the the accountants from Price Waterhouse are still working on all the machinations. They're all crunching the numbers and everything so uh, to see who wins. So uh, it's a real barn burner. We might have to have a runoff election here um, at some point oh, to see what the results are. Uh,
1: I thought we didn't talk politics on this show. So
0: so, uh, so let's get into it. Let's start with the women's side and the team that I have, come around to believing is the best team in the world. Anna Hasselberg, she gets a big win over the Swiss team of uh, Silvana Tiranzoni and Alina Patz, with Alina Pats throwing the last stone here again. And we've seen this team go back and forth with who's throwing the last stone, but this week it was Pats. And perhaps unsurprisingly, given that our picks, both of us, picked Sweden to win, Both the guys from Rocks Across the Pond picked Sweden to win. Really no surprise here. But what is your takeaway here, Scott, from Anna Hasselberg's first ever European Championship?
1: Yeah, it was pretty fun to watch them celebrate. You know, they were super excited. Uh, But my takeaway is that this team is still the best team in the world. It's uh, pretty hard to argue with their shooting percentages for this game. Uh, Anna herself shot 94%. Uh, The rest of the team was at 90, 90, and 89 juggernaut you know they're so so good looking at the swiss side of course they had a, a perfect week leading up to this game went through undefeated uh and their their team was no slouch either i mean alina Pat shot 85 uh the second uh esther new and new there you go uh, I, i've been, <laughs> i've been able to say it before uh she was at 91 the lead at 93 uh, it was that Sylvana Tirinzoni only shot seventy nine today. She was just a tick below her usual, uh, usual game like percentage, and that seemed to be what really cost the Swiss team.
0: Yeah, and and for Sweden, as as we talked about, they employed the Jason Gunnliss coaching strategy of you know one 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 one, and eventually you're going to win the game, and yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. And they come through with the the two in the tenth end after the blank in nine and what or at least rona martin on the broadcast felt was a rather curious decision in the eighth then for the swiss to take a point now i should say that this happened at about five thirty a.m eastern time i was not awake to see it but uh, a curious decision there in the eighth
1: absolutely sean and not only a curious decision in the eighth but for me, a more curious decision in the ninth to not go hard for the steal or at least a force. So, taking one in the eighth in a tie game, when you're, uh, you know, you want to score in that even end. Mm-hmm. But then in the ninth end, uh, they threw a center guard. It was ticked, uh, just to just off center, not uh, right off to the wings. Uh, then, uh, so. So anyway, the, the shooter wound up in the house, and the Swiss decided to hit it. And it turned into a hitting game the rest of the time for that end, which seems strange, you know. If you you think you're trying to force, you really, really don't want them to get two, and you don't really want to blank. The blank w- is not ideal. You can live with it, but...
0: The blank is fine. I mean, you're still going to win the game more than <laughs> half the time if you're up one. They Rona gave the stat that yep. this year with the... Uh, the new five rock rule that teams up one without we're still winning at about a 55 percent clip okay so it's not that earth shattering if you don't get the force or a steal there that statistically you're still well placed to win the game they of course did not win the game and we saw a couple incidents in the grand slam at the tour challenge Mm. where teams intentionally went down by two points Yes. in an effort to score three in the last end. So it is changing a little bit, but statistically, having the lead going into the 10th end, even without the hammer, has proven to be an effective strategy. It has. Um,
1: So uh, I understand that a blank is okay, but at the same time, being tied with hammer uh, seems better.
0: Yes, it is better, but you don't want to go too hard Mm. because as... Russ and Cheryl often remind us that sometimes you will force the other team into a two or a three. Yes. So, you know, you can't get too aggressive (laughs) with it because again, being up one is better than being down one or being down two. So,
1: so, and, and you're right. And they basically controlled the 10th end as well. And what it came down to was this is the ultimate skips deuce by Anna Hasselberg. She, she, She's left in the end. I think there was three Swiss rocks in play, one of her own corner guards. She makes a perfect draw, perfect draw behind. She's above the T line. She's behind the guard. Oh, she's well above the T line. The, she's
0: she's barely into the eight foot. Yeah, so the and corner
1: freeze is, like, is a really tough option. We talked about it a bit when we were watching uh, some of the highlights, and I said to you, what would you play?
0: I think it's the corner freeze. I, I think, so if you go and look, so it's on, as you're looking on the, the above shot, it's on the right side of the sheet. There are a bunch of catchers on the left side of the sheet mm-hmm. of Switzerland. They're not Swedish stones. And Anna Hasselberg throws a perfect, absolutely perfect shot. It's basically on the edge of the 12-foot if it was on the T line, sort of that line yep. from right to left is where it is. It's a little further up. So most of it is in the 12 foot as a result. And if you're looking at it, playing the deep come around is really dangerous because it's hard to get it fully buried. And even if you do, that ice was curling so much, you would only have to move it, if you're Anna Hasselberg, a few feet to get it. To get that if, if it is fully buried. The corner freeze you're right is extremely difficult but if you can make that I think that's your best chance of the force she opted for the run back on the corner which I don't hate it either Uh, especially you know these these players are so good with those shots you can keep it straight usually Mm -hmm. with the sweeping and when they throw it hard but she missed it
1: yeah it just sort of uh, never came back to center or never curled up enough for her so the my surprise with it was the speed with which she called the shot she said okay we're playing this so obviously they had talked about it you know when planning out uh the last couple shots there but uh i guess you know if the players throwing sees it they want to throw it bless them let him uh thank you jarvis landry bless him bless, bless him. him jarvis landry um. says bless him <laughs> and let him do it and so you know she tried it and the, the thing i didn't like about it was that you're conceding the one and going to the extra end whereas if you played that freeze you played to come around to the back of the house you might be able to win the game there
0: Unlikely, though. Unlikely. Either yeah. of those shots. I- if you force Anna Hasberg into a straight, cold draw, she would only need full eight-foot probably in either of those shots mm-hmm. or either way just a piece of the four. Uh, and Anna Hasberg's is going to make that more often than not. So, it, it, yeah, it's a tough one to say. But, you know, you go with what the skip sees or the, whatever the thrower sees. Yeah, exactly. And clearly they saw that and it did not Work out for them, unfortunately. Yeah, that's
1: what everyone keeps telling
0: me is go with what the... Go with what the thrower sees. The thrower sees. So uh, right on. So in other news on the women's side of the draw, let's go down to the bottom here, Scott, real quick, and just point out that going down to the B division is Finland and Italy. We both had Finland going down. Uh, the two teams are going down with records of 2-7, and seven, so they are relegated from the A-side for next year.
1: Yeah, Sean, uh, relegated for next year, but uh, Finland, I believe, finished ahead of Italy and will go uh, to the, the challenge of tournament to potentially get into the world still.
0: Right, so that sort of Pacific, uh, those teams that didn't qualify from the Pacific Asia that we had a few weeks ago, yeah. So they'll get to participate in that. Other news, of course, in the bronze medal match, Germany takes the bronze with a big win over somebody. Russia. There you go, over the Russian team, who we both had in the medals, I believe, Scott. We did, Sean. So so. that's a crushing blow for us. And if that game goes the other way, we win the bet with rocks across the pond
1: yeah it's a pretty crushing blow uh for us sean because uh because we had them as as our picks they've been having a pretty strong year but on the flip side i've never seen a, a curling team celebrate as joyfully as those german women were celebrating winning that bronze medal um they talked about it after the game Saying, "Oh, we really needed this one." You know, it's uh, it's been a tough few years, and we come to these events and we don't win. And what's exciting? This is really exciting for them. Yeah. So you play
0: to win; they get the win. Exactly. I feel really happy for them that they were able to sort of get the monkey off their back. Absolutely, and congratulations there. The Germans uh, on both sides, actually, the men and the women, had very, very good weeks over there in Tallinn. So let's shift over our attention quickly to the men where we had a very good game this morning that I could actually watch because it was at a reasonable hour eastern time with Sweden and Scotland. Bruce Moat going up against Nicol Sedin who was going for his fifth consecutive European championship but he was foiled by the young guns from scotland who come away with a 9-5 victory but the game was much closer than that score would indicate as bruce Moore gets a steal of three in the last end as nicholas adine is of course playing more aggressively going for his deuce there so uh, the game was nip and tuck the whole way i don't think there was ever actually a a gap of more than more than one one point. point throughout the whole match. Well, Sweden uh, Sweden
1: went up four two after that big shot of the right fourth yes, end.
0: which we'll we'll certainly talk about. But yeah. uh, definitely it was it was close the whole way through, and you know for me Scott watching this game, it never felt like either team was ever really in control, uh, which is what you want in a game mm-hmm. that uh, they're both sort of going back and forth. It wasn't it wasn't that clean of a game. There were some mistakes here and there, but. You know, it, it almost felt like, as you know, people say this for sports all the time, like a prize fight where these guys were just, you know, landing punches back and forth. Yeah. And uh, the, the Swedish team got a little punch drunk at the end. And it was Bruce Moa getting the win.
1: Yeah, and and Sweden definitely didn't have their best game today, you know. In the second half. They were good in the first half. But even in the first end, Sean, uh, Nicholas Adin missed a draw to... Uh, to score a point and gave up a steal one uh, in the very first end. And his draw was, was quite a bit heavy uh, from what it needed to be. So even from the get-go, he didn't have his A game with him. He did make a few really great shots, like the shot in four, where he had to chip a Scottish stone
0: off the button that was basically fully buried. Yeah, but that's to me, that's not even the most impressive shot that he made that end. His first shot yes, was incredible. So there's a, a Swedish corner guard up on again if you're on the overhead shot on the right hand side of the sheet he has really nothing Nothing to play it's an and there's three scottish stones surrounding the forefoot his play is to sort of a half rock raise plays it absolutely perfectly runs it into the shot stone he's sitting just top four behind two guards now fully buried and that shot was unbelievable and what i really liked about it was that he played sort of a bored weight at it Mm -hmm. very control controllable by the sweepers it was very well managed down the sheet and he made it absolutely perfectly which leaves him in a very good position out of nowhere they were chasing the whole end and then bruce moat makes his shot Oh, yeah. Uh, a beautiful outturn draw right to the pin almost. I think it was just off the pin, but yeah. it was on the button. And then. Dean, that's as loud as I've ever heard him yell, I think. Yeah, he was pretty fired um, up. Fired and up. he makes the shot and just a little backliner, pushes it into the back 12-foot for his two. It was a two out of absolutely nowhere. nowhere. Rona said it on the broadcast. That is why he's the best player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. It's being able to do that and just to pull that out of absolutely nowhere. Like, skip's deuces usually have some set up.
1: Well, like we saw in the uh, women's final. Right. There was at least end. a
0: corner guard Yeah, there. This was nothing. He had nothing when he went to throw his first one. Mm-hmm. And for them to score two was absolutely ludicrous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he came through when he, when he needed to for his team in that end. But then, like you say, the second half of the game, things started to fall apart. It seemed to me like they were missing just the other side of the inch on the runbacks that they're usually so, so good at, mm-hmm. so precise. And they just weren't able to keep pace with uh the scottish team that was making everything i'm looking at the game percentage here Nicodine finishes with a uh, 65 on the on the game which is obviously not up to his standards he was number one skip all week yeah and uh bruce mallet uh plays 90 yeah. percent. so it's,
0: but, but sort of what's interesting there is the split right so Nicodine on his draws in the final is fifty-three yeah. percent. And that's as you said, the one in the first end. And then in the tenth end, he has two essentially draws. Yeah. And he's light on both of them. And yeah. not really even close on either of them. Like they're they're shots that you would expect to see a Thursday men's league team yeah. make. Like, and that's were, how off he was, which you don't expect from him, of course. No,
1: no. And they were kind of like taps, draw taps, sort yeah. of weight, and they were light. Yeah. Like like really, 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 light. really so, light there. Yeah, not, not uh, bringing his best to the party. I thought Eric, Oscar Erickson missed a couple of doubles and runbacks that you would think he would normally make.
0: Yeah, so he was 68% on his hits there in the final, Yeah, pulling a 71% overall. But yeah, there, there were some runbacks that he missed, uh, a couple doubles, as you say. Yeah, uh, And those runbacks turned into peels. So that was the thing that killed him is that and they're so good at this is it gets you out of trouble that you get the peel and you get something out of the house at the same time Right. He was just straight peeling which in the men's game now You need to be able to get stuff out of the house while you're clearing the front. Yeah. at the same time he was unable to do that which is obviously off for them and then Rasmus Rana was the opposite of that yeah where he was 94% on his hits and 56% on his draws. Yeah. So he made some beautiful runbacks. He flipped the whole ninth end. Yes. He got the blank uh, making his runbacks there in nine. But when he needed to draw, sit up the ends, he was not there to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Christopher Sundgren, uh, 83%, which is low for him. Yeah. Uh, and he only threw draws in this game. So... Uh, definitely not the type of numbers you expect to see from them or that you would normally see from them. And overall, they were outshot by 14%, 89% to 75%. You're not going to win a lot of games doing that.
1: No, no. And for for you even to be going in to the 10th end with a chance to win, you know, down one, uh, shooting that kind of percentage, you know, you, you got to be thinking, whoa, we're doing something kind of right. But at, at the end of the day, you know, you play
0: to win the game and, and uh, they weren't able to do it. They didn't have their best today. They did not. So uh, congratulations to Bruce Mott, first European championship victory for him. I believe their first uh, time participating in the European Championships. Even better. They're going to think it's super easy now. Yeah. You just have to run it through. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I like Nicholas Zedin's comment afterwards of, you know, you got to lose one at some point. Uh, uh, yeah, his, his humble brag was, oh, I think I've won half the European Championships I've played in. More than half, I think he said. More than yeah, half. he's yeah. still won more than half of the times he has entered this event. Oh, so uh, you got to love that uh, from <laughs> Nicholas Zedin. Uh, and then, in the bronze medal game, it is the Italian team of Joel Ray Retournaz getting the victory there over Team Germany.
1: Yeah, Sean, a great week for this Italian team that sort of came out of nowhere. I think we all were familiar with them from a few events beforehand. And uh, Joel, he went back to throwing four stones this year. Last year, he was throwing third. Yeah, uh, And so that seems... To have righted the team a bit, uh, their third—I forget his name. Do you have it there? I don't. He is enormous. I think yes, he's like six he's really eight big. or something. He's really uh, really big, so big, and he he likes throwing that big weight stuff. And when he when he's playing third, he's got the chance to do that a little
0: bit more. So, you know, good on. To be honest, absolutely, uh, yeah. Like what, and it's the sort of thing. And, and with them and the Germans, they're two teams that you did not expect to see in the no. playoffs so congratulations to them and in this field they're not generally going to be viewed as uh, someone who you have to be worried about but now as we move forward you who gotta else? you gotta be careful yeah. so uh, amos mozanner mozanner yeah yeah uh, yes he's a big man and somebody who i would not want to run into in an alley <laughs> in a dark alley you know? yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and and so, you know, congratulations to Team Italy. Congratulations to Team Germany. Yep. Uh, had a good week as well. The interesting thing, we talked on Thursday night. Did we record yes, Wednesday night? Yes, Wednesday night. And we talked about the possibility of tiebreakers. Turns out uh, we were
0: uh, wrong. Yes, they, no, tiebreakers, no tiebreakers, which absolutely kills us in this game, too, in our bet. Yeah. Um, because Norway and Switzerland don't get the opportunity to play for tiebreak. They lose on the draw shot challenge right sean which is the draw to the button
1: yeah the last stone draw for yeah. throughout the week so yeah. uh a little unfortunate there uh, i saw peter de cruz interviewed and he said yeah we knew that was going to be important and we just weren't good enough again we would have so. won again like again we
0: would have won on that um if that goes through or they had been <laughs> able to get through and and medal, you know what i mean yeah so, yeah, so,
1: and I mean, I'm looking at all the player stand, standings and statistics, and it was like Sweden, Scotland, Switzerland, Sweden, Scots, Scotland, Norway, Sweden, yeah. Scotland, Norway. I mean, the, they played well enough, but it got a few unlucky breaks at the beginning of the week with Switzerland. Uh, yeah, and, they were an uphill battle all week. And that's it. You play your early games against the top of the field, and you know, you have one misstep late in the week, and... That's enough.
0: Yeah, so uh, tough week for them. But again, the the goal of this event, obviously, is to win, but also to qualify for the World Championships. And they do that quite easily because the two teams that are going down to B and not going to the World Championships, probably, um, are, in this case, Finland and Poland. So a tough week for Finnish curling, getting relegated on both sides. And then Poland had the worst record of all the teams in the A side, with a 1-8. and eight. Everybody else, men and women, had at least two wins. Uh, and Finland doesn't go through. They, they tied with the Dutch team of Jaap van Dorp. But van Dorp goes through on the head-to-head. And with that, we have Finland and Poland going down, which, Scott, of course, is very good news um, for us as we both had Finland going down.
1: Hey, look at us. Uh, we're really smart at curling stuff. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, I I
0: think that's all there is to talk about on the A side. Do you want to move on to the B division? Yes. Let's get into the B side really quickly here. Uh, Again, I don't know how much there is to talk about because I didn't watch any of the B side games. God, I'll be completely honest with you. So I I don't really have much in terms of the analysis for the B side. All I have to say is that we did quite well uh, on the B side in terms of making our selections. So with the women, we have Norway winning the gold, Estonia with the silver and Turkey taking home the bronze, which means Estonia and Norway are going up to join the A group next season, which is good for us. You had Estonia, I had Norway. We both also had the Hungarians in there moving up. But with those two squads of Norway and Estonia, at least for us, nothing really surprising.
1: No, no, Sean. We uh, obviously know our B-side uh, teams and uh, picked, picked
0: good ones. Yeah, and uh, on the men's side, we maybe didn't do quite as well here. And by quite as well, I mean we didn't get any of these right. Uh, Denmark, uh, Denmark wins. They get the victory over the English team. Uh, and uh, the Czech Republic finished in third there. So congratulations to Denmark and England, who will be going up joining the A side next season.
1: Yeah, Sean. Uh, so that's pretty good, pretty good for them to be going up. But congratulations to England especially, and Denmark for getting back in to the party. Those two teams will also go to that world playoff event for the world championships for those last few spots available at the world championships.
0: Yes, and actually, Scott, I should say I misspoke in the relegation side uh, with Latvia and Finland. Those were our women's picks. My apologies. Um, On the men's relegation... Oh, we picked Poland. We both picked Poland, right? We both picked Poland, and I had Finland. Oh. Uh, So we actually did quite well on the relegation side there. You had Russia as the other team. So my apologies for misspeaking there, but we did quite well on that. We did not do well on the B side for the men.
1: And so, Sean, I believe um, I believe you had the French team advancing, right?
0: I did on have the, the French side? team advancing. So
1: they have been uh, relegated down to the C division, for right? Next well, year. so
0: I, I I think that should be worth a bonus point because I picked them to do something. <laughs> so because uh, I picked them not to be in B next year, and they will not be in B next year. So I think that that's worthy of something. Hey, uh. Um, potentially, we'll see how that goes. Uh, So there you go, that's it on the B side. So we will take a quick break here, maybe a word from our sponsor, and we'll come back uh, on Monday and we'll talk about what happened out in Pensicton. Over the weekend, we'll also settle up our bet with our friends from Rocks Cross Bond. And we're back. Yes, we are, and we are in a different location. We are here at the Ottawa Curling Club. We just finished our Monday night open league. Scott, how did the game go? Well,
1: it was a tough one, Sean. We uh, well, we clawed our way back into it, but unlike in the previous draw, we weren't able to uh,
0: finish it off. That's true. So uh, a tough loss tonight, but you know, there's always next week. And in the interim, since we recorded Saturday, and now we're here Monday night i won money curling yeah so, you're uh,
1: you're a professional now right? so there
0: you go i played in the carlton place scotch doubles spiel is a one-day event out there pure cash spiel and uh we netted out 20 bucks hey so 100 dollar entry fee we 120 and uh with the bar and stuff i only spent like 22 dollars or something for a full day out in carlton place Wow, but you had to get to Carlton Place. Yeah, but you know what I've learned? So, anybody who's local here to the National Capital Region, if you have to go through Carlton Place, apparently it has the cheapest gas anywhere in the region. Uh, it was under a buck. Oh, I got gas for under a buck yesterday,
1: 96.5.
0: Wow, so there you go. So, uh, times they are becoming a quite different. So, uh, let's start off by updating our bet with the folks from Rocks Across the Pond. Scott, mm-hmm. I heard back today from the folks at Price Waterhouse Cooper, our, our accountants who were processing the results here. And I know I said the other day that we had 16 points, and I was incorrect in saying that we had 16 points. I was corrected that uh, what we were doing was you were only getting points if the team you selected finished in the top three, not just playoffs. So we lose two points from what I thought we had because I was counting our Russian picks because they made the playoffs, but they finished four. So we lose two points there. Now, I know a lot of people out there are saying that's not fair. So I will just say that when I calculated the scores for uh, the John and Ryan, I thought we had tied, but I did not give them a point for their Russian pick on the women's side. Ryan had picked Russia to finish second. I did not give him that point in my calculation. So if you give him that point, they win 17-16. If we take away all the Russian points, they win 16-14.
1: Either way, Sean, we are coming on an election night and we are conceding the election to the game of stone, or not to the game no, of Stones. No, that's, we're, 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 that's us. That's us. them. To uh, so the rocks across the pond, guys. They clearly have that inside edge on European curling that we just don't have on this side of the pond.
0: Yes. So congratulations to them. The uh, I thought the English picks on the women's side might be our key to victory. Right. And both women's uh, both those picks did not generate a point. But the deciding point, if you look at it, is the English men. The English men moving up yes. and moving up. And that's really where the difference was there because on our four picks on the men's side from the B, we didn't get any of those teams right. And for them on the men's side, they had uh, uh, just England. Right, So that was a decider. So we had eight picks between the four of us. One point was generated there on the B side and it was Jonathan's pick of England. So congratulations to the rocks across the pond, uh, clearly superior to us. In picking the European Championships, I will say that if Nicholas Aden wins, we win, but okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm not bitter about anything. Uh, so we will take suggestions now on the terrible beer that we have to drink, and we will consume it on the next episode of the podcast so you can hear our live reactions to whatever swill we are told we have to drink. Now,
1: just, just to throw one out there, the, uh, on writemybeer.com, I looked at the worst beers in the world and uh, Natty Light, Natural Light was uh, the winner with an average score of 1.09 out of 5. Pretty terrible. I think we can get that here but we're, like I said, open to suggestions. Yes, yeah,
0: it's, and it's, it's up to them. So if you want to tweet at them the suggestions for what we should have, they are at Curling Podcast. Uh, you can certainly tweet at us too, at Stones Pod. but it is ultimately their decision. Ugh. And uh, as we record this, they have recorded, haven't released their episode yet, so I don't know what they're going to say. And I think we're going to release pretty much simultaneously. So we'll see what they say on their episode. But that's the update there. We were unsuccessful in the challenge, Scott.
1: Well, you know, uh it's okay with me. We can challenge them for something else in the future, so yes we'll we'll go double or nothing, two beers
0: but <laughs> <laughs> double or like but we've already consumed one
1: exactly,
0: all right, so uh. <laughs> So let's get into. Nothing really else has has come out of the European since we talked Saturday. So let's get in real quick to the Ashley Home Store Curling Classic took place out there in BC. Where was this event? It was in uh,
1: Penticton, Sean. Yes. Beautiful Penticton.
0: So out in Penticton, uh, home of the uh, Scotties last year. That's right. If I'm not mistaken. So the Ashley Home Store Curling Classic, I think. Uh, we'll talk about who won, but the the really the only headline that matters coming out of this event is that Jason Gunlifson and Sean Gale, did I say that right? I always say his name wrong. I think Sean Gale.
1: Uh, Gale, Gale.
0: Gale. Um, Gale. They played a one nothing game in which the first seven ends were blanked, and Jason Gunlifson held on to the hammer for the whole game, got a single had to draw the forefoot in the eighth end to win the game, but he did it. Uh, so I, 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 I don't know. This is insane, right, Sean? I saw
1: some tweets. I saw John Cullen tweeted, oh, great game from the 1964 McDonald, uh, <laughs> cigarettes briar, you yeah. know, and that's what it felt like, uh, you know, yes. a, a game from, uh, the wayback machine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, kudos to Gunlickson for being able to do it, obviously, it goes, but it goes against
0: his preferred strategy of. <laughs> we score one, they score one, we score one. And as long as we score last, we win the game.
1: Hey, uh, yeah. I mean, he does like that strategy. We, we heard him say that at the uh, trials last year. Uh, and he's not wrong, you know. It's true. Uh, by the end, if uh, that's the way it goes, it's the way it goes. But, uh, you know, good job by him being able to do that, first of all. I think, like, we didn't see any of the game, no. uh, nor do we have shot-by-shot shot on Curling Zone for that, uh, that event. But... Uh, they they were able to do it, which is a bit pretty big feat in twenty eighteen with and, a five rock uh, rule, you know. Like
0: and that. and two, it's you know it's easier. Arena ice is more active than at a club, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So so to do this, not in an arena. It yeah. Is additionally impressive, right? I mean, the ice, I'm sure, out there in Penticton is very good, but arena ice, the houses are very lively, very active, so it's easier to blow stuff up and sort yeah. of Hulk smash your way out of ends than at a curling club now with Jason Gunless, and it, it's irrelevant because he can throw, like, a four-second rock.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, good on them for doing it, and uh, it certainly took Twitter by storm there on uh, yes. on Saturday.
0: Yes, it, it was it was a nice... Twitter curling moment after what had happened the week before so like yeah. yeah so the week before with what happened in Red Deer there was a lot of Twitter outrage at what happened and this was more Twitter disbelief
1: yeah it was a, a feel good story on Twitter and I, I'm mistaken it was Sunday morning but for me everything all blended together this weekend so right uh, you know.
0: yeah so uh, so let's get into the uh, playoffs here uh, if you look at this field so uh, the field itself, we, we haven't talked about this a lot, but uh, Glenn Robbins, who is my skip actually Thursday nights here at the Ottawa Curling Club, suggested that when we're talking about these spiels, we should mention the strength the field.
1: Yeah, uh, so but- give some context onto, as to like how good is this bond spiel and how important is it, or impressive is it, to win.
0: Right, so the Ashley Homestore store spiel had a strength of field of 8.1406. Those are a lot of numbers there, Sean. It's a lot of numbers. So for context, the, the Tim Hortons' Roar of the Rings last year, which is widely considered, I think, to be the best spiel in the world, um, the women's side, which I have up right here, was an 11.79 strength of field. The Tim Hortons' Briar last year was a 10.43. So if we sort of consider those the best, then this spiel in the eights, not quite top level, but it's a pretty good number.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. And so uh, what's done is that every team on the order of merit ranking uh, from the World Curling Tour is given a number, and uh, that num- those numbers are added up for every team that's in the spiel, and then the spiel is scaled to a 24-team event. So if there's 32, they'll multiply that, uh, that sort of order of merit number that they're given by 24 divided by 32, uh, same if there's eight teams or nine teams, they'll do 24 divided by nine. So that sort of gives an idea of how the strength of field multiplier is, is calculated. Hmm. Now for every team below 30 in the order of merit, every team gets like a similar ranking. I think it's 31 to 50 and then 50 to hundred, 51 to a hundred, 101 to 200, 201 plus. So you know, if you've got a lot of teams that are lower down, you can still accumulate numbers, but uh, that's sort of how it's calculated. And uh, yeah, so for context, you know, the the top ones are going to be in the 11 12 range. So yeah. this one's in an eight, eight and a half, nine range. Yeah, so a pretty good spiel. So pretty, yeah, pretty good. There were some good teams there, some uh, pretty big name teams. Brendan Botcher's team was there. Yeah,
0: and now if you look at the play, like if you look at the standings here, it's actually quite interesting. So there was pool play. And if you look at it, uh, the bottom of pools B, C, and D are populated by locals. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and, d- I do want
1: to give a shout out to old uh, Neil Dangerfield's team okay. uh, from the Victoria Curling Club. I uh, played against them quite a few times while I lived out there, and they, they did pretty well. They went two and three in their pool. Yep. Uh, you know, they, they're BC finalists from four or five years ago now. So yeah, they're pretty. You know, they're a club curling squad that goes out and and can compete at provincials. And so for them to do this, they get two wins against
0: uh, some pretty good teams, they beat. So yeah, and uh, Glenn Jackson, do you know them? That's another I, Victoria team. Yeah,
1: I played against Glenn's team before. Uh, Matthew Blandford and Matt also. Matt Blandford, his third is Chris Bayer, uh, who we've played against a few times. So yeah, uh, it's good to see these BC teams getting a shot to play in a. Sort of big time spiel. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they did all right.
0: They did okay. But yes, the bottom of the the standings have a lot of uh, rising suns uh, or setting suns over the I guess it would be setting suns in BC. Yeah, Uh, you set the sunsets over the Pacific Ocean, John. Um, But the the British Columbia flag is certainly one of, if not the most uh, distinguishable. Yeah, Uh, in the country. So uh, so there you go. But really, yes, a lot of really good teams there and teams traveled. Kevin Cooey's in this field. Glenn Muirhead is in this field, who we'll talk about wins. Matt Dunstone, Reed Carruthers, Karsten Sturmey, Ross Patterson, the young Scottish team, Brendan Botcher, uh, Brock Virtue went out for this, John Epping, Charlie Thomas, uh, Gunner, as we talked about. Uh, Jim Carter was in this field. As well. And if we look now at the playoffs, there were some tiebreakers here, but the eight playoff teams Brendan Botcher played Jason Gunlesson, Reed Crothers, Ross Patterson, Matt Dunstone, Kevin Cooey, Charlie Thomas, Glenn Muirhead. And if we look at it, Scott, the one that stands out to me through the playoffs and looking at the draws is that Matt Dunstone beats Kevin Cooey mm-hmm. in the quarterfinal. Uh, John Epping doesn't make it into the playoffs. That's the other sort of surprising think of this. Well, he, he lost to me. He, he one loses of the a, one of the tiebreakers, yes. Yeah. Um, but great that's a great win for Matt Dunstone and his squad as they continue to build towards that what seems to be an inevitable Saskatchewan final against Kirk Myers.
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They had a big steal in the fifth end of that game against Cooey and uh, got the only deuce of the game in seven. Uh, that put them up, so up five to two. Uh, so Cooey was a little hard-pressed coming home. But uh, great work by that team. Uh,
0: they've put in a lot of good work this year, and uh, seems to be starting to pay off. Yeah, for sure. They're coming. They're definitely coming together really well. Getting into the playdown season, and the other one, Gunlefson beats Brendan Botcher in a quarterfinal. So arguably, the two best teams are done in the quarterfinals. You can make a case that Reed Carruthers there too. He loses in a quarterfinal. Yeah, exactly. So the quarterfinals filled with a bit of uh, a bit of upset. Some hashtag team upset. Going on in the quarterfinals here, and that's not to denigrate the teams that win; uh, they were just they're just lower in that order of merit than the teams they beat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I sorry, Sean. I'm just laughing here. Uh, Rocks crossed the pond just tweeted uh,
1: that they've sent their new show out. Yep. And uh, can uh, what bad beer should we make at Game of Stones go. Okay. Drink. All
0: right. So uh, as we're recording it, we get the live tweet, <laughs> and the live update. Uh, so everyone, yeah, please do respond to them. Maybe by Thursday, Friday, uh, we'll make a decision on what it's going to be, and uh, we're going to record next weekend at some point. Yeah. So um, uh, we'll, we'll
1: tweet about what beer
0: we buy. We'll Instagram picking it up at the uh, beer store, and we will we will open them live on the show, and uh, you can get live reaction of what we think as we consume pretty good beer here at the Ottawa currently. Yeah. Play. For now,
1: uh, for now, I'm going to enjoy this one while I still can. There
0: you go. So uh, so moving forward. Uh we have an all Scottish final here between Glenn Muirhead and Ross Patterson and Glenn Muirhead comes out victorious over his fellow Scotsman.
1: Yeah, in the extra end there. It seemed like they were pretty even all through the game, so uh they take advantage of uh having the hammer in the extra and score their one for the uh for the win. So good uh, good job on uh
0: Glenn Muirhead's team. Absolutely. Great win for them. Congratulations. And I I sort of had to laugh, though, when I saw (laughs) that this was the final because, as we talked about, you have a a big win for uh, Bruce Mowat and his team and now the two Scottish teams. You have an all-Scottish final. So a pretty good weekend for Scottish curling there. Awesome. And as we've talked about before, seeing which of these teams is going to make it to Worlds is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I I hope that whatever playdown they do, that it is accessible uh, here in mm-hmm. Canada, because I w- would watch all those games. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would be, I would be a little sad if they just picked a team and went. Yeah, they you should know? play for this, I think. Given that how how good they all are, usually Scottish curling will will pick a team and send them. Right. Well, because they've always been able to.
0: Exactly. It's never exactly. really been a debate. Maybe for a year or two there between Tom Brewster and David Murdoch. Yeah. Maybe. But then they just teamed up, and yeah. it was a non-issue. So and, and, and on the women's side, there's really not really any debate, unless no. Eve is hurt. But on the men's side, you actually have certainly two teams that can compete. And Ross Patterson is showing this season that oh, yeah. uh, he is not to be taken lightly. So you have— I
1: thought the two teams you were talking about was Ross Patterson and Bruce Mowat. So like, uh, right. you'll see that—yeah, the— uh, it's pretty even uh, field there. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would put Mao at, like, a step ahead of the other two teams. Yes. But. But uh, play it. Uh, yeah, play it. Play, play it and see what happens. Yeah,
0: right? Absolutely. Uh, that's why they play the game, Scott. You got it. Um, so in other news, at the uh, other event out there at BC, the Boundary Forward Curling Classic, we're mentioning this. It's a women's event. This was a strength of field of 4.6817, so not the strongest field here but there were some teams that you will be familiar with Robin Sil- Robin Silver was there Laura Walker played in this event and a lot of Asian teams uh, yeah. as well a strong uh, Japanese and Chinese presence in this event
1: Right and it was actually in Lloydminster not out in BC but uh, oh, Excuse me Lloydminster Alberta right not Lloydminster Saskatchewan
0: Excuse me so My it was on it was on the
1: Alberta side but uh, looks like they're playing 10 ends there uh, given that it's in the ninth end now the final. Uh, while we're recording this, uh, Sherry Anderson against uh, Team Liu from China. Yes.
0: So, so uh, and, and Sherry Anderson's had a good run here. She beat Laura Walker this morning in the quarterfinal. Beat Robin Silvernagel. Silver. I don't know why I have such a ta- tough time with her name. Silvernagel. Robin Silvernagel in the semifinals and now playing tonight. This is a long day. Uh, they started at 9 o'clock Mountain Time this morning, uh, then a 1 o'clock semifinal, and then a 5 local uh, final. So Yeah, so, so Sean, this is something we're seeing a lot of lately, right? Uh, we're seeing spiels wrap around the
1: weekend and ending on Monday.
0: Yeah, and, and I, we talked about this a little bit, and neither of us seem to know why. No, I have no idea why this happens. And, and if anyone knows, I please tell us. I'm very curious as to why this happens because with these spiels getting more and more popular, it seems like they're able to generate some spectators. People want to come out and watch it. And by having your finals on Mondays, that limits the amount of people that can come out to the club to watch it. I I wonder if it has something to do with clubs not wanting to give up as many club nights to play, but you're still giving up Monday for these spiels. Uh, so I don't know. So if anyone knows what the answer to this is, I would love to know because more and more of the world curling tour is having events end on, on Mondays, Monday. if it's travel, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. But, uh, certainly. Uh, if anybody knows, well, do if you let think, us know.
1: If you think that like not that many teams are going to be in the finals, right on the last day, there's only going to be eight teams. So everybody else can
0: go home. Right. So uh, the idea is that you have a full club on Sunday. Yeah. And on Monday, the club is not going to be full because you're not using all the sheets
1: yeah and so that that's like the only thing I can really think of, you know, like you can get the other teams home, so they're only traveling for a Thursday Friday of a work week, right, but again, who knows you know uh if anybody has information, we'd love to know,
0: yeah, please do let us know on that, and uh we'll update the Sherry Anderson. Uh, final here. I'm just going to give it to her. She's up three in the the 10th end, and she's too good, I think. Uh, But again, we've seen things happen, so uh, we'll certainly update that before we get off the air and cut the mic here. The other big news, Scott, that comes out today, Team Brad Jacobs announces their lineup for next week's Canada Cup and then the Grand Slam afterwards. A little curious to me as to what this is, but for the Canada Cup, big name coming back to play third. Lefty Ken Bear, yeah, Mark Kennedy, is back for the Canada Cup. He was going to play third for Brad Jacobs. I saw this this afternoon. I tweeted just, wow. Um, yeah, so much for the uh, step away from the game. Yeah, I guess <laughs>
1: he must have been practicing a little bit, playing in the uh, Thursday Men's League or whatever.
0: Yeah, well, he played the mixed doubles, which we saw him yeah. do extraordinarily well. I believe they won that event. With Rachel um, Homan. I can't remember. Who he was. We'll look that up, but... Uh, he he played in a, a mixed doubles event, a high level mixed doubles event, and so he's he's certainly still in it. He's good enough that he yeah. can and and if you, you remember too, like they have the facilities there to yeah. practice on yeah. really good ice. I'm sure he's playing in a cash league. Yeah, a really good ice at the saddle. So there, he's mm-hmm. not he's not going to be too far behind. And, and and again, given how good he is, yeah. One practice on arena ice, he'll be fine.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting to me his personality with this team. You know, uh, he was sort of the glue that held that Kui uh, rank together for a lot of those uh, those four years they were, they played together. And I, I I'll be interested to see drink <laughs> the, like how he fits into this foursome. That's so so intense, and he is he is an intense guy, Mark Kennedy, but. He's very. He's not like that. He's very uh, intense, but within himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be really really fun to see. And uh, I mean, do you think this ups Team Jacob's chance at the Canada Cup?
0: I do. I think he is. Again, with all due respect to Ryan Fry, who I think is a very good third. He's a very good thrower. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a good player I think he's a good line caller too Yeah, but Mark Kennedy might be the best in the world at this Yeah. Uh, now again, he hasn't played all season So he might be a little rusty And it's always tough to step in To a new team dynamic, yes. right? Now, that being said Brad Jacobs and the Harndons have been around long enough That I don't think it'll be that challenging For Mark Kennedy to figure out line calls How they throw, that kind of stuff okay. He's He's too good and he's seen them enough, I think, that mm-hmm. he will be able to pick it up. Yeah. Not as good as Fry in no. terms of that, in terms of line calling and weight calling, but he's he's that good at it. But where I, I just wonder about the intensity, dynamic, and how it all works. Now, I think we've seen Brad Jacobs be a lot calmer this season than we've had in the past. And yes, you know, just sort of saying, all right, let's think about this. Let's talk about this. I think that's very much helped him. I, and again, not to be overly speculative, but I think he has recognized what went wrong at the trials last year and is trying to correct it and trying to play less, with less emotion to keep himself under control. And I think Mark Kennedy is good for that. I am very, very surprised, though, that it's not Tanner Horgan yeah. in this spot. I am stunned. That it's not him. As, I, as we talked about last week, that I, I thought that Tanner Horgan would be on this team in 2021. And I'm still not convinced that that won't be the case. But if I was maybe 99% last week, I'm probably down to like 60% based on this. Because mm-hmm. if the long-term plan was Tanner Horgan, he would be here.
1: Yeah, and why not try him out in this kind of an event? Yes. Where it's uh, it's the first year of the quadrennial. It's not as important to win that Canada Cup as it would be a year from now or even two years from now. Yeah, Because I, I think it only get guarantees you a berth in the pre-trials. Yes, this year it's this only year. the pre-trials. So, I mean, while that would be nice to have, I'm going to assume that this team is good enough and has expectations of qualifying directly into the into the ROAR and not having to go through the road. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really surprising to me that this wasn't the choice. Now, it could have been that they asked him and he was unavailable. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a student, so,
0: you know, you got to... Uh, got to study. Got to study
1: up, got to pass you're sure, those and exams. Yes, you're, it,
0: and, 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 and that's not to be flippant, by the way. Um, it is exam season, it sort is, of end yeah. of term, for Tanner Horgan, and I'm sure he set his schedule in advance. He did actually... Uh, he is this year's or one of this year's recipients of the Love of Curling Scholarship. scholarship. Yeah. So, you know, we don't, this isn't sort of a Rachel, jo- Rachel Holman, we're kind of flipping about that she's a student, um, although Rachel Holman is going to school, but a lot of it seems to be for residency. Taryn Horgan is very much a serious student going to school. Yeah. So yeah. to to take two weeks, because these events are back to back and it is a two week commitment would be very difficult, which sure. I did not take into account in predicting that he would be on this team
1: of course not of course not and and i think the reason that we gave for predicting that he would be there is valid still but yeah we didn't think about the school term no uh i mean i didn't because i haven't been in school forever <laughs> uh, you're teaching some course now and so uh you probably should have thought of that should've.
0: i know i just forgot that he was in school <laughs> um i mean he looks like he's 30 <laughs> like he, he he looks like a full-grown guy like the poor guy um that's not a bad
1: thing oh but. man well, when you're young, it's better to look older, but once right. you get old, like uh, like me, it's it's better to look younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And I found that, that in my time in Northern Ontario, uh, you know, if people look older up there. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly found that that I, I hard living, there. John. Hard um, living. people just felt older. I don't know, like I don't know what it was. Um, maybe it was harsh winters, or maybe it's just because we were all covered up the whole time that you couldn't actually see people. It was just, sort of yep. the, it was just like the eyes, and that's all you saw if anybody ever.
1: Uh, but and everyone was studying hard, so their eyes were all dark, you know. Dark yeah, circles the, the bags
0: under your eyes. you just uh, the whole time. You're just living off of craft dinner and beer, and you're <laughs> in the library 23 hours a day. It's you know oh they push you hard up there in, in northern Ontario. gosh
1: yeah, we we had different experiences at the university, but sure. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh, so and then Mark Kennedy. Is not playing the next event. He's not playing in the Grand Slam. Instead, EJ Harnden is going to go to the third position, and Matt Wozniak is going to step in and play second. This one makes a little more sense to me uh, because EJ's played third before. We talked last week if EJ could move back to third. uh, Here we're going to see it. I think this is a good idea. Matt Wozniak. Uh, I like Matt Wozniak. I think he's a very good player. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever heard Matt Wozniak say more than two words. Um, So I I think he'll Mm -hmm. fit in nicely in terms of just go in, do his job, and be fine.
1: That's what makes him a good second, Sean. And and he's really the second I should model my game after, uh, to be honest. (laughs) But uh, no, I really like Matt Wozniak. I I think that this will be a good addition for the team. Uh, EJ played third with... um, uh, with them before, before Ryan Fry yes, joined the team. before Ryan
0: Fry joined the team, when Caleb Flaxey was still playing uh, second, I believe. Yeah,
1: he was playing, and then they had another guy that stepped in at second yeah. who uh, I, whose name I escapes me now. I looked it up last week, but I can't remember now. And, uh, yeah, so I think it should be fine. It should be a, a good fit. Uh, Matt Wozniak, I don't know if we mentioned on the podcast or not, but he won a mixed doubles spiel with the uh, the former lead for Sylvana Tiranzoni's team, Marlene
0: Albrecht. Right, yes. Over we, in we did, I don't think we did mention that.
1: I, I mentioned it to you, but I couldn't remember if I did on on the podcast or not. So, you know, he's keeping busy. He's spared uh, at the uh, Grand Slam down in Truro. So, you know, he's he's around. Yep. And uh, I think that'll be a really good fit for the team.
0: Yeah, and another player who doesn't really need anything to step in. he have been around no. long enough, knows yeah. how to play. Yeah. And I, I think they'll be fine with him at second. So uh, just a surprise, to me, a very surprising announcement there. It'll be fun to see Mark Kennedy play. Yeah. And we won't sort of, we're obviously not at the point where we'll do our picks, but it might affect our picks here, uh, having Mark Kennedy back in the fold. Well it might affect your picks. I don't think it'll affect mine Oh <laughs> well, they won They're, you know it's well we'll get into it next week. We'll, um, yeah, we'll save that with what it is. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to look here what, what event Mark Kennedy played in and who he played with uh, and I cannot find it uh, quickly here. There's a, so. uh, there,
1: there's a sign downstairs because Rachel Holman won that that she's on the wall of fame here. Okay so if you want to pause.
0: Yeah, let's take a quick pause.
1: Boy, that was a tough uh, stairs there. But uh, yes, Mark Kennedy won with Rachel Holman the Sherwood Park Mixed Doubles Classic.
0: So there we go. In October. Yeah, so two Alberta-based curlers. uh, (laughs) Winning and they're on the wall of fame here at the Ottawa Curling Club. Uh, Shout out out to Jalal and the Ottawa Curling Club.
1: Hey, they're life members now. So uh, that whole team, Holman, so they don't even have to pay, I don't think.
0: Well, good for them. Hey, right on. Well, they don't really ever play here. Oh, they practice here all the time. They do practice here. Actually, so I heard a story. I w- out at Carlson Place yesterday, that, uh, some of the other members here came in one day, and uh, Team Holman was here practicing, mm-hmm. uh, actually all four of them. So they were here, and they were with some new curlers to teach them how to curl. Oh, cool. And they went out through a couple rocks and uh, thought, this is strange. And the ice maker came out to say, hey, by the way, we shaved the ice for Holman so that it was more reflective of arena-style ice. Oh, boy. So these new players are trying to play. Trying to play on arena ice. Uh, It didn't go well, and I guess the Holman team had some fun (laughs) watching uh, what was happening next to them, where the new players were just sort of confused at what was going on. And the the people who are members here were having great difficulty (laughs) making anything because they were they were like going on the boards and still curling like to the other eight foot (laughs) uh because they're they were just not getting enough handle yeah so that it could go so uh you know (laughs) so they do practice here they do use the facilities we've said this on the show before if you're ever playing here and you are on sheet number one play the yellow stones yes uh, because the red ones are the holman stones and they tend to be a little sharper a little bit sharper and you know uh, last week we might
1: have Maybe done better playing those home and stones because we definitely didn't play well with the yellow. We
0: definitely did not. Um, so there you have it. Uh, quick update, Scotty, here. What's the status with Sherry Anderson as we sign off here? Just so that we uh, get oh. as up-to-date information as we can. Again, she was up 8-5 to five in the final of the Boundary Ford Curling Classic out there in Lloyd Minster. I'm refreshing the page right now, Sean. And...
1: I still have playing 10.
0: All so. right. So uh, so unless something drastic happens, we will send our congratulations <laughs> to Sherry Anderson or our great apologies to Sherry Anderson for jinxing and her on this show. And again, our congratulations to the glenn muirhead team for the victory out in penticton and uh, so that's it for us this week hope you enjoyed this sort of two-parter show be sure to get in what you think our bad beer choice should be for the next podcast you can tweet us at game of stones pod or the rocks across the pond guys at curling podcast you can find scott at scott likes tv i'm at dr shawnee fever Certainly email the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever it is you get your podcasts, and give us those ratings and likes. And I discovered this week that we have some ratings uh, up there yeah, on maybe, the maybe, Apple Podcast.
1: Maybe on the next pod, we'll uh, read one of those reviews.
0: Yeah, so certainly get your review in. Uh, we certainly like hearing the feedback, anything we could do. To improve the show, tell us what you want to hear. So we'll be back a couple shows next week, previewing the Canada Cup and, of course, the return of the World Cup of Curling from Omaha. And uh, we'll preview those and uh, we'll, we'll we'll discuss what our coverage is going to be for those events. We have some fun stuff playing for you. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice. Be better than the team here on Sheet 2 and don't dump your interns.